please enter room 2008. Welcome to Room 2008. We are live on a Saturday night at twitch.tv slash room2008ENT, as we always are for our new episodes. This is the place where you can watch us live, interact with us in the chat. I'm one of the co-hosts, Drew Nell. I'm joined by Mr. Peter Rabbithole himself and Lance, a.k.a. Reggie Side. Uh, we have a huge episode tonight. This is probably the biggest one uh, that we've had to date in terms of uh, what's being revealed and the potential impact of, of what this means for everything. Uh, Peter even showered for this episode tonight, so that shows you the level of importance that uh, this episode is going to be. So hair uh, just dried. Yep, hair's oh, it's not even dry. Special yet. occasions, still damp. So uh, but no, we're going to be going over the evidence and proof of what really happened to Malaysian flight MH370. Don't do this often, but we do have a special guest tonight, and he is the busiest guy on X right now, making the rounds on podcasts. Uh, you can find him on X, which is formerly Twitter. His username is just as just x ashton and you can follow his youtube as well same name just x ashton all that will be in the podcast description of this episode uh and mr ashton forbes is with us tonight how are you doing man hey doing great guys how is uh room 2008 doing here tonight we're, uh, it's we're doing excited. good kick back we're uh relaxing <laughs> you know, made a cheers drink. to that we're we're losing yeah. tonight uh, normally i don't drink when i do podcasts but we're making a sub special exception here <laughs> saturday night there you go. that's how we do it in saturday night room 2008 so yeah no so we did a uh mh370 episode a couple months ago i think in september i'm just gonna give a little background of how this started uh we were doing a uh the first episode on mh370 and we came across ashton's uh tweets back then and we wanted to um kind of use it and he said feel free and he uh joined us in the chat room for that episode and uh you know if we had questions he was right there and long story short a month later no it's gotta be two almost two months later now he's here with us uh and there have been so many updates uh so much more has been revealed since then so uh we had to get him on go over it and uh and here we are so awesome looking forward to it guys as well so, so uh, you guys Peter ready to break down the biggest conspiracy of all time potentially here tonight absolutely like your uh, your letter to congress which we'll get into later but you started yeah. off with i'm currently disclosing the most important video in the history of the world <laughs> and here you are tonight on our podcast so we are we're just more than excited to have you on about it awesome looking forward to it should we get started let's do it let's do so. it yeah just want to know before we before you do go into the video how yeah. how did you get on this this rabbit hole um because i know that obviously this happened in 2014 yeah there's been documentaries on netflix to come out there's been you know all kinds of stuff to sit obviously there's something fishy about it right so uh yeah. what sparked you on this specific line of, of research um well i've always been interested in like mysterious plane crashes and wanted to know you know what caused them in general uh mostly because i have a fear of flying like i used to fly every week for work and 
every week, every time I got on the plane, I thought, okay, this is going to be the last, uh, you know, not necessarily in a good way. So uh, I've always kind of looked into them. And with Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, uh, you know, I looked into that a little bit as well. Not anything close to what was going on right now, you know, like just from a very casual perspective, right? And I was always one to actually believe in whatever the media would say about it. But this particular plane flight, I always felt something was a little off about it. Never felt comfortable with this pilot suicide scenario crashing into the South Indian Ocean narrative. I always knew that the government must know something more about it. Um, like probably some of your viewers and you guys, uh, I saw the videos reemerge on Reddit. On, I believe it's actually August 7th. I said it was August 8th, but it may depend on what time zone you're in in that scenario. Uh, and I actually recognized the uh, thermal video, which we believe is from an MQ-1C Gray Eagle, that I had seen it back in 2014. And I remember seeing that video and going, huh, I remember just ignoring this, thinking this was like some video game or something like that. It was like this colorized thing. I had no idea what uh, FLIR footage from a drone looked like until 2017. So when I saw it again, I'm like, oh, hey, interesting. This actually does look like a drone video. And then I saw the second video, the satellite video, too. And I was like, wait a minute, can this be real satellite footage? Like, can they actually film in video? Like, makes sense, right? And so that's when, like, everybody else probably on Reddit during that week and a half, you know, I absorbed as many threads as I could find on there. I've always, I was always a lurker. Um, mm -hmm. I had deleted my Reddit account years prior. And so I was just lurking. And I started saving all the threads that I thought were important in a Discord. Okay. and just kind of making keeping track of them and then the part where i got kind of activist about it is when i saw that someone was able to prove based on the frame rate of the mouse compared to the background that it was a citrix session logged in and i'm like wow. wait a minute companies that i've worked for i always use citrix sessions when they like you remote in from your computer to the to the database like i wonder if the government does that too and that's when i got kind of excited because i realized that that would rule out a lot of prosaic debunks, which that's always what people try to debunk. Oh, that looks like a balloon or that looks like whatever, right? Well, that doesn't right. work if like you're actually logged into the actual database. That means that like at least the base footage is real, right? Yeah. Um, the next thing that was the biggest reveal for me was when we looked at the zap and we'll look at the videos here in a few minutes, the zap accurately illuminated these very, very detailed clouds. And that's mm -hmm. when I'm like, wait a minute, the whole thing is real, like not just the plane and like this being MH370. So that's when I started like really posting about it, started making some pretty grand proclamations about the videos on Twitter. I thought we were looking at non-human intelligence, right? right. Mm -hmm. Were you um, sold on it at that point or were you just kind of, you know, so yeah. just surreal about it and just one question, you know, for me, it was more of like, I realized if these videos are real, then we can authenticate like every aspect of them, right? Like everything should check out. And right. at that point, I didn't know what the real story behind it was. Like I actually thought this whole South Indian Ocean narrative was still accurate. I ended up staying up one night, like almost all night, reading this whisper report that's uh, made by Richard Godfrey that supposedly they can like recreate the flight path. And this is what they use to like try to pinpoint the location of the plane in the South Indian Ocean. And I'm just there naive as hell being like, oh, Let's look through this. And sure enough, you find out that like if you add a minus sign in front of the coordinates that we see, that the plane goes right through a location in the whisper route, like while it's going south into the South Indian Ocean. And I'm like, wow. holy shit, that's the we got it right. Like and you can see and you, I assume, too, like, oh, we're looking at the light flashing on the plane. That's why it's so bright. Like, this is how ignorant I was early on in this investigation.
Well, it was only until later on I realized that there's no minus sign. Like, this is not the South Indian Ocean. This is the Nicobar Islands. And this isn't the sun reflecting on the plane. This is a false color IR in the middle of the night. There's no shadows anywhere. So, you know, even early on, like, this has really been a true investigation of discovery and kind of like, I would even argue the, the story of like the truth of the plane is one thing. The story of the investigation could be like a Facebook movie, you know, like the social mm-hmm. network or whatever, like yeah. like how it plays out. Right. Because it's the investigation itself has blown me away. I never thought we would find as much evidence and details as we have from this investigation when we started. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how it began. And so I always have to give credit to social media, what have you, for starting the investigation. I've credited everybody whose works I've used that they've posted publicly um, and then after there, you know, this VFX debunk got pushed up by an account called Icy Slide, which it wasn't until about a week ago I realized that stands for Intelligence Community Forum Slide, and it was a one-day-old account. Wow! And I didn't realize that. And then they used that to um, kind of censor the whole discussion on Reddit. And since then, there's been like people have been pushed to this one forum that's led by debunkers that are trying to prove the videos to be false or nobody's trying to solve the case at least, you know, right. they're all just trying to make it go away. They don't uh, want to believe it. They, yeah. I mean, no, it I think cool a lot of people don't want to believe something. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like how it began. And then from when the thing got censored, then it was like just pretty much full steam from my, you know, me going forward with it. We've still on rare occasion had a Reddit thread here or there that, you know, I've posted and pulled from, one of them actually recently was when we we're going into the science. And I think I was wrong where I was making a statement about it being this macroscopic quantum decoherence. And it turns out it's actually, and this may sound just like, you know, science fiction to people, but it turns out it's macroscopic quantum coherence. And there's a significant difference there, um, which we'll talk about <laughs> in a little bit. But, you know, somebody who was very smart posted that on Reddit. It was like, you know, they were like, Ashton's been posting this stuff, but there's one thing I disagree with them on is this. And I'm like, oh, wow, this guy's actually probably right about this. And I will go back to my physicist friends and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I I had this wrong. Interesting. Um, Which is great. It only helps the situation. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing about it. It's like every time we get to a point where it's like, oh, maybe we got this wrong. It's like, oh, then we just end up authenticating the videos even further and authenticating the science aspects of them, the person who leaked them. You know, so far, everything other than like where it went and what happened to the passengers, that still is a bit of a mystery. But right. we have a good Until idea. next week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so who knows? You know, maybe there'll be two more videos that will appear. And then like, oh, here's the passengers appearing out of a, a wormhole yeah, right. out of a wherever space time. Yeah. So are you are you focusing full time on this or do you just spend every spare second you have just mm-hmm. finding out what you can? Mostly the latter. I still have a full time job <laughs> somehow um that i'm doing and uh so it's pretty much like every waking top moment i have other than that occasionally i watch something on netflix or what have you but i'm like you know 12 shows behind at least at this point on yeah. trying to keep <laughs> up with that stuff i used to be like on 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 pace with it um but that's just because there's so much to dig through you know and Absolutely. uh it's kind of thing too where you want to keep the momentum going you know yep um and like, yeah, I think that we are getting close to the end of the investigation, but I always seem to say that and there always seems to be something else that like appears. So yeah, uh, I would we'll say, it's, I, I would say it seems like there's a lot more to, I mean, there's still so many questions to be answered, you know? Yeah. Um, no, definitely. There's still a lot. Um, but you know, I think from a puzzle perspective, you were looking at like that, like we have a pretty good idea what the puzzle looks like now. 
It's like, okay, we maybe we're missing a couple of pieces. Maybe my dog ate one or two of them and we're never <laughs> right. going to get those. But uh, yeah, we have a, a decent idea, I think, of what's going on. Nice. Hey, before we get into the video real quick, because you mentioned yeah. that, um, can you maybe go into a little bit of detail about um, the links that you've gone through to push this video? I guess mm-hmm. just to kind of show anybody that's listening for the first time, and we're going to get into the video, I promise, but just yeah. to show, um, you know, how, how um, certain we are about what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, I mean, I have like I've built a, a team of people. Uh, they're volunteers uh, called MH370X. We have a Discord that's currently closed because we had a ton of people infiltrating it and leaking information from it and trying to use information there to discredit me and things like in the case. Uh, but these people are very determined, very active. Some of them have pulled up tons and tons of news, old news articles, stuff that's been deleted that you have to pull from the Wayback Machine. Um, and some really strong pieces of evidence that go along with our videos as well. Uh, so, you know, I've probably posted like on average three or four posts per day of updates and content on Twitter mostly. And Twitter is the main platform because I think it has the least amount of censorship. Like there's no way using any other platform, I wouldn't have been banned by now. Even other old Twitter leadership, I guarantee I would have been banned. We even had our subreddit get banned uh, the same day that I revealed my full identity. The, our subreddit, which is called MH370X, got a permanent ban, no warning, nothing oh, wow. at all. Appeal. Unbelievable. Yeah, we even appealed. And after seven days, they just ignored my appeal and made me put a new appeal in. And then they reply back and say, yeah, we're not going to allow your appeal. We're not going to give you any reason why. I'm like, okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> like I can, uh, I, I, see, I can see the writing on the walls in terms of what's going on here. Right. Um, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I started up a YouTube as well, just to like start streaming some of my content. I had Salvatore Pius, who's famous for these UFO patents. Um, I reached out to him and he pinged me back within like 12 hours, wanted to do an interview. So now I'm a podcaster, I guess. So there you go. That's how it hard, starts. Hard Truths Podcast. Uh, I came up with a name just for, I mean, I figured I have to have a name, right? So I made one That's up. That's good. Oh, there you go. Uh, we had a really good interview with him that you can check out on my Twitter. I'm going to actually upload the like, better version of it um probably in the next couple of days once i learn how to edit a edit video file and uh yeah so we've gone through like a lot of lengths to make this stuff happen i've made connections with people that i never thought i would make in my whole life sure right people that were official investigators into the case i probably know everybody um not on like speaking terms with all of them a lot of them i think find this information too hard to believe right right mm-hmm. um but some of them don't which is pretty interesting <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been it's been fun to watch this happen in real time too. Because like I said, when we first did the episode back in September, um, uh, you know, your just just your follower your follower count on Twitter was where it was at, and now you're it's blown up. You know, it's it's crazy to and, and amazing to watch it in real time. How this has just, like I said, no pun intended, has caught fire and and spread like that. So. Yeah, it's hard to believe three months ago I had 30 followers and they were mostly mm-hmm. just like bots because I didn't ever post anything. I would just right. reply to people and what have you. And mm-hmm. now it's like 22,400 or something like that. <laughs> like insane. Wow. It, it's it's nuts. Like, I, I don't know. And the thing is, like, that just shows the weight of the evidence. Like, I've never yep. been on TV before. I've never been on Netflix. I've got more followers than all the official investigators combined. These are people that have been on Netflix specials that have been written written books. Like it's like okay, wow, like this this is strong evidence. Well, Um, because they don't have the truth, so you know. No, honestly, that's really what I think it comes down to. People (laughs) gravitate towards the truth. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you look at some of them as well, and they're posting, and like they get no engagement, like zero engagement, right. basically. Yep. Right. It's because like people can tell, like they don't want some bullshit story. Like they want to hear the hard facts. Yep. And I don't string people along. I'm not telling people about go look for some spaceship that's buried somewhere or whatever. <laughs> not to like rip on anybody that's out there in the UFO community, but. You know, there's a lot of people that I've found, especially in this UFO community that are like, don't seem like they're very honest and straightforward. Sure. And uh, I try to be as honest and straightforward as I can all the time. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's like we joke around with like we, we've joked around of uh, like doing like a YouTube series, of like going to find Bigfoot. And it's like we don't have to find Bigfoot. All you do, we just go out to the woods and we get this close to finding it yeah. and just leave it uh, in the so. woods exactly so this is kind of the same thing like but if you present the actual proof like you've been doing man it's gonna this is groundbreaking like you know it's earth I'm shattering to see it. yeah so yeah. if you want to go ahead and get into the video um we can go ahead and do that let's and... do it so first thing i want to start let me try this share screen thing out here um this one okay so i want to start out with this here so we can take a look and see these are the original videos from the archive so you can see up here at the top of my screen, we're looking at the web archive. And we can see it's called Satellite Video Airliner and UFOs. It doesn't even say MH370 in it. it. just says Satellite Video Airliner and UFOs. Now, down here, we can see some dates in the description. It says, received March 12th, 2014. To me, this is the biggest evidence right here. This tells me this thing happened. Somebody leaked it like directly to this UFO uploader account, maybe to a forum where this UFO uploader account was. And then it took them like 60, 70 days to upload it. You can see the published date is May 19th, 2014. So that's quite a big gap there between when they claimed to have received it and when they uploaded it. It also says source protected. So this regicide anon account here, uh, they had other videos that they'd uploaded ahead of time, like, you know, weeks, whatever beforehand, they were just a UFO uploader account very unlikely that they are directly involved in the creation or dissemination of these videos other than them being given them. Um, And their other videos don't say protected on them either, which would seem to indicate that this was like a legit source that they got this from, not some, you know, random person off the street. And maybe they even had to be convinced that the footage was real. Interesting. So when we look at this footage, Right away, this is a 777-200, which is consistent with Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. We can see cumulus clouds here that are extremely detailed. And these cumulus clouds only form at low altitudes, like 1,000 to 5,000 feet. That means that what we're seeing here on the back of this plane is not contrails. Contrails only form at 30,000 feet or above. So this is smoke coming out of the back of this plane. So spoiler alert. This plane potentially has a fire going on inside. Now, you can't see from this angle, but you'll see a little bit later that this plane is very light and white on the top, but on the bottom, it's darker. That's also consistent with Malaysian Airlines, which is white on the top, gray on the bottom with a red and white stripe going down the middle. A lot of people argue, why is this so bright? Why are we looking at daytime? It's actually nighttime here. This is an IR camera, infrared. And what that means is that it can pretty much do whatever it wants from a color perspective. There's no shadows anywhere. It's not like when this cloud, this plane goes over this cloud, that there's a shadow over it. None of the clouds are casting any shadows. There's no shadows anywhere. So we believe this is a false color IR. It may even just be like a computer generated program that's pulling data using the SIGINT system 
And this computer-generated program is called SIBRS, Space-Based Infrared System. And the purpose of that system is tracking missiles, boats, planes. Um, and I think they can even track submarines using this system as well, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Down here, you, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. You may, you may have said this. I was um, retweeting the stream on Twitter. We're at, this is looking down, correct? Yeah, that was the other thing. A lot of people think okay. you're looking up when you first look at this. But no, this is looking down. Gotcha. And you can tell because of the clouds. The clouds are definitely right side up here, right? They're not upside down. Clouds have more infrared on the top of them than the bottom, which is why they're lighter at the top compared to the bottom over here on the right. Um, so that's another indication that what we're looking at here is a false color IR. On the bottom of the screen down here, you can see coordinates. There's another version of this video that was uploaded that's not this side-by-side -side, where you can see the satellite designation better, and it says NROL 22. Now, there's a debunk out there. It says NROL 33, therefore it can't be right. Well, that debunk is objectively false. Newsweek needs to retract that. So does France 24. They've got a fake debunk out there that's uh, convincing people that these videos are fake when they're not. These coordinates indicate the Nicobar Islands. So this is also the location where this plane supposedly turned into the South Indian Ocean, coincidentally enough. The last thing I want to say before we dig into this is that this side-by-side -side is not a duplicated video. This is two different perspectives. It's very similar perspectives, but they're different, slightly different. So this is potentially indicative that there's two satellites looking down from outer space from about a thousand kilometers in the sky along the same orbit. Like it can't be two satellites that are going at different directions. They have to be like right next to each other along the same orbit. And there is a satellite like that, USA 229. And it's right there at the right time at 1840 UTC on March 7th at the location where everybody agrees that this plane was at. So already we've got a lot of evidence that what we're looking at here is Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. That's that's just insane to, to, to think that this is the last yeah. video, last sighting of that plane. Now, we see this mouse come flying in off the side. This mouse was out of the screen a second ago. Interesting. This means that we're looking at a cropped field of view here, that the person who's recording this can see much bigger than what we're able to see right here. In addition to that, uh, there, there's going to be a second video, a drone video, and that drone is cropped out here over as well. So that gives us some idea of what's going on from the video, as well as that this mouse, when it moves around, does not update these coordinates down here. So the only time the coordinates update is when the field of view, the perspective changes, which we'll see in a second. Now, I want you to watch closely because there's going to about to be some anomalous stuff that's about to happen in this video. So we see the perspective move, the coordinates change, and now this orb is going to come flying in. There it is. Look at that. Look, see how fast that thing came flying in? It's going 10 times the speed of the plane. So that orb is moving, we think, Mach 2, Mach 3 speeds, like 2,000 miles an hour. And just yeah, ignore the gravity. I saw that the first time through. It did go pretty quick. Jesus. Yeah, and so I'll go back and just show it one more time here to so see it come flying in. So the 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 stuttering is that what frame rate is this? Is do you know? Yeah. So this is a six frames per second, which okay, so is also I thought it was due to the wide field of view, but people have told me it's actually due to how far away it is. Is why it's such a low frames per second, which is going to be indicative of this coming from a satellite. And not something that's much closer where you'd have a much higher frame rate. 
So this orb comes flying back around and then it almost feels like it's trying to look for the plane, like it circles on the side of the plane and then it figures out where it's at and it's going to start circling around the plane. Now, I want you to watch right about where my, my cursor is. If you can see it, I can't tell, but where this cloud is below the plane, an orb is going to appear on the water and it's going to shoot up through the cloud, the second orb, as we're going to call it. You see it right there? Oh, wow. And now it's flying oh. up from the water so, so it shoots up from the water and we have a color a colorized version of this that makes it even easier you can see there's the orb and now it's shooting up and now you have two orbs and the third orb comes in out of the side of the screen extremely fast as well now looking wow. at this right away when i first saw it, I thought okay non-human intelligence this is technology thousand years more advanced than we are but if you think about it more these pattern that it's performing here is far too exact. Yes, these are not like beans that are in these little orbs. This is a computer program that's being run here. And I don't mean like a computer program generating this view and screen. I mean, the pattern itself is a computer program that's being run. The wow. center of mass is the plane and it's spinning around it, probably tracking it, measuring it. And I, I'd have to admit, think you're using a very, very advanced computer to pull all the data that's pulling about this plane right here. Look at how it's circling it. It's actually uh, circling it in a sphere. So it's like it's getting every single angle of the plane and mm -hmm. measuring it. Scanning it. Yeah, scanning is a good way to put it. Now look at the orientation change. All of a sudden they're vertical. So they change orientations wow. that are completely vertical. Now watch what's about to happen here. In, in just a second, the main event's about to occur. And now the plane is just zap, right? You can see the zap here. This accurately illuminates the clouds in the foreground and in the background. And these are very, very highly detailed clouds here. So this is the part where I realized, wow, the whole video is potentially real. Not just this plane, but the orbs and the zap that we see happen. Right. I've seen uh, some other pictures of that, too. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you've uploaded them. I don't know where I saw them, but I had them for the last episode that we did uh, on the MH370. The like, I guess not the part one, but you know the first one we did, and yeah. um, you could clearly see in a more vivid picture, I guess, of that uh, zap and the and the shadows. Did you upload that? Did, oh yeah, that yeah. I have go? that picture somewhere around. We can look at it a little bit later, but it's basically okay. yeah. they darkened it to show that yes, like all the clouds are being accurately illuminated, like the ones over here on the left, the ones on the bottom left. They're all right. being accurately illuminated which is very, very difficult, especially if the clouds are real as well. So this is potentially proof that the whole video is real. And that's, that's insane. Yeah. And this zap here, if this was an annihilation event, like this, they turn this plane into a nuclear bomb, um, you know, E equals MC squared. So energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. If this was an explosion annihilation event, this zap would be much bigger. These clouds would be getting blasted away like a nuclear explosion. Right. There'd right. be a mushroom cloud. Mm -hmm. So whatever is happening here is not annihilation, we don't think. Right. Now watch it disappear. It's just gone. There's nothing there anymore. The smoke trail just stops dead in its tracks. It's like smoke trail stopped right here. Oh, yeah. If this was cloaking and just to prove it, the user scrolls the video over to the right again. Like, yep, there's no plane over here. It's just gone. So if this was some kind of cloaking, we'd see this smoke trail just continuing forward, right? Because you can cloak all the aspects of the plane, but you can't cloak the byproducts of the plane. Oh, right. good point. Good point. So we don't think this is cloaking either, um, especially if this plane was on fire, which we think it was. Then there's no way you can prevent these, you know, uh, the smoke trail from coming behind it. 
So what we think is happening here is teleportation. Now, people say, well, what do you mean by teleportation? Because there's a lot of different kinds, right? You might have the Star Trek kind of teleportation, dematerializing, rematerializing. That's not what we think it is. In fact, I don't think that's even possible based on science. Um, the other option is a wormhole or like a black hole. The problem with that is that these clouds barely move, if at all. Now, some people have argued they took this colored channel version we've created. And supposedly there's some very, very slight movement of the clouds. Uh, but it's not enough where it's like if it's a black hole, it's going to be sucking all this stuff up like really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and with a wormhole, you'd expect to see more displacement as well. So the type of teleportation we're talking about is the type where the mass of the plane reduces. And if you have less mass, you can go faster and faster. And essentially, this plane is going the speed of light or even faster than the speed of light, which then again, we're looking at six frames per second here. So that's the reason why it goes from being there to no longer being there is that the plane is potentially speeding up to the speed of light and just gone. Wow. Oh, interesting. Okay. Frame. And we'll talk more about that science in a little bit. Right. Um, before before yeah, you continue, we had a uh, question here in the yeah, chat. Yeah. Um, someone said the orbs were superimposed because they were 2D, uh, because the trajectory and movement was too perfect. Uh, does that mm -hmm. kind of go back to what you were saying about a computer system? That's why they were so perfect? Yeah. Yeah. So to that point, that, that's why it has to be a computer program. And it's actually the hardest part to try to put those orbs uh, over the plane. Because when you're doing VFX, you need a blank slate. If you have to try to superimpose an image over the top of something that's like constantly moving, then you have to get every single frame right and blend it in perfectly every single time. Right. right. And wow. so a visual effects expert, excuse me, that I talked to on Twitter by the name of Shai Keenan, basically attested to that. And she's a, I think, I don't know if she's award winning, but very prominent visual effects expert. And basically she's like, this has to be real. Like this is too difficult. And from what you'll see in the second video, which is in perfect sync with the first one, by the way, there's too many small details, way too many small details. And some of the details we're about to see, there's no basis for them at all. Like they're things that nobody's ever seen before ever. So unless you've got like the Shakespeare of video editing here or the Banksy of video editing, right? right, right. Well, and the time frame that they put it out. Yeah. Right. right. It came out just a few months or a couple months after, right? Between uh, four days, if you believe the description, right? Or if you say that, oh, Regicide's in on the hoax scene or whatever, then you might say they lied about it or whatever, right? But that falls apart too because it's been nine years and there's no plane still, right? So right. Yeah. if they ever found a plane, the whole hoax would break down right away, right? Right, so, right. There's really not a lot of reason to think that Regicide would be involved, which means that you only have four days to fake that video. Not a chance, especially now with how detailed those clouds are. Right. So, um, That's wow. So, and it's been an unknown account. account. Correct. Yeah. Unknown account hasn't come back in the limelight for any reason. Yeah. And interestingly enough, another aspect is three days. So March 19th is the upload date on that first video. And three days after that, Regicide Anon made a Twitter account, said first tweet. Here's my first tweet. The next tweet says, watch this video before it's deleted. And they link to that YouTube account, that YouTube wow. video. And they tag MH370. This is the first time that they've actually linked MH370 to the video. Because otherwise it just said airliner and UFOs, right? Wow. Yeah, I just uh, I just looked up his Twitter right now, May 22nd, 2014. Um, oh, it's still out there? 
yeah. Please oh, spread this video before it is pulled. I should go retweet that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll retweet it. You can see it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, there. Wow. See if we can get them on real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, think Red Side's gonna be uh, coming right. out them soon. Uh, that's just, uh, th that's not enough time to put together such a uh, an artistically uh, perfect CGI video. Exactly. Um, nine years ago. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so nine years ago, that's the big part too, is that, okay, today's day and age, we have AI, we have deep fake, we have all this capability, right? I can make artwork in like five seconds, just type it in and then Bing creates the artwork for me. This part of the reason why these videos are so important is that this predates any commercial AI, predates deep fakes. Um, these may be the last opportunity that we have to try to obtain true disclosure without people just saying, oh, that's fake, whatever, I could ai make that in 10 minutes right 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 um and that's part of the reason why i'm so invested in the videos is that the, all the aspects about them make them extremely extremely difficult to fake and the attempts to debunk them have been so lazy um that you know it's it again kind of goes to show that these videos are probably just real just in the same way that i said that if they're real we'd be able to authenticate every aspect of them if they're real, then there's really no way to debunk them either. And most of the debunkers have actually just proven more aspects of the videos to be real. The person that uh, one of the debunkers was one of the people that proved it to be Citrix session. They thought, oh, the frame rate of the mouse must be that they messed up. No, it turns out that it just proves it to be real. They tried to say this turn that we're seeing from the 777, um, that the plane can't make that turn. Turns out it's maxing out the capabilities of a standard circle turn for a 777-200 wall in descent. Um, so a lot of the aspects, the debunkers just gave up because they were just proving the videos to be real for the most part. Now, what we're looking at here on this one, and, and you can see the date here, they published this video later, like two or three weeks after the first video. This one says June 12th, 2014. And there's a received date somewhere down here that's hard to pull up, but it says it was received June 5th, 2014. So the second video, they were convinced a lot quicker than the first video. First video, they probably had to be told like, hey, you're looking down. Uh, yeah, this is actually real. This might be stereoscopic 3D. Um, and the stereoscopic 3D aspect too is like, okay, if that's legit, then oh my God, this is who, who made this? Marvel Studios? You know, because mm -hmm. stereoscopic 3D means you can actually convert it to a 3D movie where you can like put the red and blue glasses on and you're watching 3D. Right. So unless there was a software program that did that, then that's like the biggest smoking gun ever. Now, this one here, we believe is from a MQ-1C Gray Eagle. Now, people say, OK, why is this drone filming? Well, probably for intelligence purposes, because we just saw a plane get zapped out of the space time. <laughs> but also this drone can't catch up to the 777. So what this means is they had to have intercepted it. So this drone is very slow. It's got this very advanced electro IR camera that we're seeing here. And it's been colorized. And that means that we're looking at it as a color thermal layer that's been added over the top. There's a lot of evidence here now that the person that leaked this was an operator, that they knew how the drone worked. They removed the HUD information because we don't see that HUD information like we would from the 2007 DOD Navy leaks, where you see all these numbers on the side and all that stuff. Um, and from the satellite video, they cropped out this drone. We can already see the plane right here. The drone must have been just out of view in that satellite video. So that actually is indicative that the satellite video may have been cropping out other assets as well. Mm -hmm. And so really, the t in my mind, now we're talking about somebody who's a U.S. military personnel.
probably in the Navy because this is over the water. And they didn't want to damage U.S. intelligence. They just wanted us to be able to solve the case. They probably had an emotional reaction given the satellite date here is only four days after. They were probably there that night, right? And they were like, oh, crap, no one's ever going to figure this out. There's just no way, right? right? And so then they're like, oh, this is how we'll be able to prove it without, you know, being a spy and damaging U.S. intelligence. Um, now, it still damages them because in my mind, we're not looking at aliens in this video. We're looking at our technology, which may be hard to believe, but we'll get into that later. Um, real quick, I don't know if you're going to go into this or not. Um, what is the altitude, do you think, of that of the plane and the drone? It's definitely less, I would say, uh, hard to say, honestly, but less than 7,000 feet would be an estimate because these okay. are cumulus clouds here. So right. these could be anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000 feet, and the plane is just above them. It's not okay. very highly above them, right? So, yeah. Um, the HUD data, to the question that was asked, would have probably told us like the altitude. Um, it would probably tell us the distance from the target. Uh, there's a bunch of information it tells you on there in general. And, and that stuff generally is like, it tells you the capabilities of the cameras and what the drone is as well. And that's the reason why you hide that information. Right. So let's look at this video. Now in this video, it goes underneath the smoke trail right away. And the plane, it gets kind of dis, um, shaken, excuse me, by the turbulence. You can tell right away they're not automatically tracking the plane here. Someone's actually moving the camera around manually because it doesn't keep on to the plane. The first orb comes flying in and the first orb's now circling. Both these videos are in perfect sync with one another and neither video has any discrepancy, not in a single frame. So again, shows you that there's pretty much no way these can be fake. Now look at these orbs. Holy crap, these orbs. They're perfect circles here. This is not a metal sphere here. This appears to be a field, probably around a much smaller object inside. We think that what we're seeing here is room temperature superconductivity. Right. And what that means is essentially the ability to float freely and that they can essentially ignore gravity. Crazy as mm -hmm. that is to sound, say, that's what they appear to be doing. We believe they're actually experiencing the same scientific and uh, physics aspects that the plane undergoes later on, which is macroscopic quantum coherence, meaning that they can create a field around themselves that just negates gravity entirely, reduces their mass to zero, allowing them to just freely float. Just right. like, you know, actually like a video game if you had like something homing in on something, right? And it's just ignoring gravity. Wow. Even weirder, these lines... I was they about look, to ask. Yeah. They look like they're coming from behind the orbs, but they're actually not. If you watch closely, they're shooting in front of the orbs. Yes. This is what we're calling uh, creating their own geodesics. So the way gravity works, there's no graviton to gravity. There's not a particle that's pulling things down. Gravity is just the interaction of mass with space-time. So what is essentially happening is um, if you have something falling... The reason why it's falling is the curvature of like the earth is interacting and forcing that object to over time, get closer and closer to the planet. And essentially what's happening then is time is moving forward. And that's the reason why things fall. So in this case, not only they're ignoring the earth's gravity, but they're creating their own gravitational field. If you want to think of it, their own geodesics, which is pulling them along forward like train tracks. 
And this is more evidence that we've got to be looking at a computer program. It's just, it's yeah. too exact. I'm looking right. at the wave pattern on my right screen here. It's a perfect wave pattern that these orbs are created, like literally perfect. Um, so, you know, humans or aliens, whatever, would be making a mistake. Now, you can see again. In front, you can see it, yeah. Yeah, you can very clearly see them yeah. in front. I'll just replay it again here, and you can see they're pulling them forward. What uh, what makes these trails visible? Is it Are they hot? Are they cold? So they're cold because we're looking at a thermal, and they're black. Okay. So what's happening here is it looks like it's changing the pressure of the atmosphere and making it cooler. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the daytime you could actually see these. Like, you know, look like maybe a contrail or something in the sky. Mm -hmm. That's what I imagine it probably would look like, but there's no way to know for sure. And this, again, is probably at night that we're looking at here. Um, you can also, though, see there's a heat signature on the orbs. You'll see it better in a little bit. But this heat signature is what we call the monopole. So the monopole here is where we think they're actually shooting out the um, the kind of like an electric pulse, mm -hmm. uh, electromagnetic pulse that creates a vibrational effect that kind of somehow distorts space time and creates this geodesic. Is this uh, related to the stuff uh, possibly that Bob Lazar was talking about, about re-engineering uh, what, what would drive these types of uh, vehicles or UAPs? Yeah, I think it could or be. I think it could be. Now, I can't be 100% sure, but when I look at it, it doesn't quite work the same way Bob Lazar explains it, where like the object turns on its side and moves forward, mm -hmm. right? Right. Which is okay. part of the reason why I think this is like our reverse engineer technology. It's almost like you took UFOlogy and they were like, let's make our version of it, right? That's I what see. it feels like when I look at this. Um, and I don't think we need element 115 to make this stuff happen. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, I think okay. that just room temperature superconductors spinning can potentially explain what we see here. So now, also, you can tell again it's manually tracking. The fact that this plane goes off the screen and back on the screen, I think is another indicator it's not fake. Like when you see these fake videos, you almost never see like the camera like move away from the fake UFO or whatever, right? It's usually right. just always on the screen. Um. And so that's indicative of that, like, yep, they were they zoom in, they lose tracking of it, they're manually tracking it. You can very clearly see this heat signature now on this orb, extremely clearly mm -hmm. here. And so they think that, yes, this is where it's like shooting out the uh, the pulse effectively. Here as well, you're going to see this heat signature in the belly of the plane. And this is not the engine. The engine's right here. The other engine is not visible because this plane is on it turning left here. So this is actually heat pouring out of the AC vents underneath the plane, right where the landing gear is. So we think that this actually proves that there's a fire, this very, very hot smoke coming out. And you can actually see the smoke pouring out the back here as well. So, And it doesn't actually seem to line up with the engines. So this is, again, we think pretty much proof that there was a fire on board this plane. And there's more evidence, but that's just one of the pieces of evidence. So the orbs now are spinning around the plane, again, in the ring formation. So we know that the main event's about to happen here. And part of the reason why we think that this is United States is watch what happens here in a sec. They zoom out. Like, they know something's about to yeah. happen here, right? <laughs> and so, and again, the orbs weren't in the field of view when the video cameras were already rolling. So either we were recording this with these super highly advanced cameras and these orbs just showed up at the perfect time just to get caught right. on the camera, or this was an operation that was planned out. 
right? Well, everybody says to, you know, why did the plane stay in the air so long? And there's a lot to it. We'll get into it. But one factor could be they were planning this and had to, you know, kind of get it orchestrated enough and kept the plane in the air for this action to happen. Being mm-hmm. that it, it had a fire, it couldn't land. You know, there's obviously some various scenarios yeah. of why it couldn't land, the gear, the uh, you couldn't dump gas, and you can't land a plane with the full tank yep. of gas with no landing gear. It'll just explode. Uh, so there might be a reason why it was in the air so long just for this reason. That might explain that, you know? Yeah, and I think we'll find that the official narrative of this plane lasting for like eight hours, just a fiction. Like it's in most situations, there's no way this plane is lasting until fuel exhaustion, which they claim. In our updated flight path, this plane is pretty much only in the air for about two hours. Really? And the fire starts about 40 minutes into it. So this plane is on fire for like an hour, which is actually a really long time for the plane to be on fire. It means they have to actively be fighting this fire. Yeah. uh, But that's enough time to operationalize, you know, an asset, a drone, a a satellite, and get it into the spot, which is why I think that what we're dealing with here is they're trying to save the plane. That this plane might be doomed. And they're deploying the secret advanced technology to try to save the people on here, potentially these scientists that are on board that might be related to this technology. But we'll get and, to that from, and from anything you've seen before this, any documentaries you've watched, any other research, I'm, uh, I'll ask all of y'all. Um, mm-hmm. There's never been a fire mentioned on any documentary, correct? No, but I've actually found a lot of old articles now. We found one today. One even talked about lithium-ion batteries. Mm-hmm. There's 500 pounds of lithium-ion batteries in the, in the cargo bay of this plane. Wow. Which, if you guys go look at the FAA and lithium-ion batteries, these things are dangerous as heck. They were banned shortly after, In 2015, correct? they were banned in the cargo bays of passenger planes. Wow. Um, because a bunch of planes burned up and a lot mm-hmm. of people died. Not, not this many people, but quite a few. And even now, if you go try to mail a letter, they'll say, you know, is there any lithium-ion batteries in your letter? When you try to check your bags at any flight, they ask you about lithium ion batteries in your bags because they're so afraid of a fire in the cargo bay where no one's watching. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's ah. why I think that's what happened here. Right. There was 500 pounds of them in there. This is just like might as well just have IEDs in your plane. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So let's watch what happens here on this video as well, because this one, like there's way more detail in this video. Now, the main events about to happen. And we're going to see these monopoles turn towards the center of the plane. Like they're just like, you know, you know, combine the forces. Right. And then they converge as well. You see that? Yeah. It's pretty wild. So it's almost like they are in my mind, they might be exploiting free energy here to some degree because the amount of energy it takes to do whatever they're doing to this 777 has to be just astronomical. Mm -hmm. So you see them converge, and we'll show a super slow-mo version of that. Um, I'll actually change to the version I have, which is the slow-mo version, because I think it's pretty cool to look at that one. And then you guys can ask me some more questions on it as well. Sure. Where's the thermal? There it is. So let's switch our share screen. Hey, Ashton, real quick. um, uh, We got an actual pilot in the chat, so if you have any questions. Uh, to ask a pilot, you know, just to confirm anything or just ask questions. We have a pilot in the chat. Uh, He was on one of our previous episodes. Yeah. So here you want to know another little uh, fact about these lithium ion batteries. They were put together into the storage or whatever. Like they have to like apparently do some kind of something to them to like put them together the same day that the plane took off and they skipped two security screenings. Wow. So like these things were just waiting for disaster. 
the most Throw common, them on. yeah, yeah, the most common ways they light up is either they get too hot, which it was about 100 degrees that night, so it only has to get up to about 160 degrees and they start to become potentially unstable. And the other thing is that if they have defects, and these were not scanned correctly, like twice, so they just stacked them up together in like cardboard boxes, apparently. So very probable that they had a major issue. Now, here you're going to see them converge. You see, and now this is actually the frame right here where you can see the flattening of these orbs. Like they're not oh, circular anymore. This is like, who faked this, right? Like, what was it a physics expert faking this? Like, <laughs> right, right. Right, because we're looking at gravitational lensing now, right? They're, they're creating a very strong force here that's forcing these things to bend. And not just that, the plane is blurring. See how blurred this plane is in this frame? Mm -hmm. There's no other frames where this plane is blurred. And then in the last frame before the zap, it gets blurred because it's accelerating. Not just that, it's smaller than it was before, slightly smaller. Ah. So this is potentially proving that this is actually inertial, inertial mass reduction of a solid state object and speeding it up. Now, I'll just go back a frame. You can see it look perfectly clear. Mm -hmm. uh, one more perfectly clear oh okay it doesn't want to go to that next frame uh well there we go and then you can anyway it blurs that last second there and so this is even actually it'll probably be easier to catch it on the super super slow-mo one here so you're going to see it converge you can see the monopole start to shift towards the center there are blurs right there and that's wow. showing our acceleration begin to happen and it's happening so fast that the camera can't even catch it. That the, pl mm -hmm. the camera, the plane's just poof, pshoo, disappearing off. Like, like Star Trek, but not like teleporting in Star Trek, like warp speed in Star Trek. Yeah. So that's, I think, probably one of the coolest videos that we have out there. Um, and then just to really quick see the side-by-side, -side, I'll kind of skip it ahead. You can kind of tell that these are an exact sync of one another. There's no discrepancies in them. That's a great point. And what would be the point of faking this to this extent yeah like going through all the trouble yeah it's, yeah and this is crazy. also if somebody faked this this is like very creative uh exactly well it's before like, our time too <laughs> like, yeah like yeah. i i just and the fact that these two videos sync up so perfectly frame by frame yeah um that's the fact they're perfect yeah perfectly synced up that's where you know i started getting pretty excited about it and then poof they're both gone now watch this too, because people wonder like how, what's up with this satellite video? Like why is the camera not moving around that much? Oh. Check this out. This is the Sibber system. Look at this. Holy crap. Wow. We're scanning the whole earth. And this isn't even showing the low earth orbit satellites. That's just showing these ones out here are the geostationary satellites. These ones that are further out. These, this wow. one that's got this oblong orbit is our millennia orbits. And these this one's what we think NROL-22 is, like a command satellite. Because of that, it can easily relay to all the other satellites. And then your low Earth orbit ones, which are going to be very, very close, those are the ones that can take like this, the best visuals of, of anything. All these Peter's thinking are, about right now is, is why the Earth is round. Uh, well, I, I, what I'm thinking is uh, I'm never going to pee outside again. <laughs> or if you do, you're going to wave up. Hey, guys. <laughs> this is like full 3D video playback of the Earth. And look wow. how wide a field this, these IR cameras are able to scan. The geostationary ones are going to be looking basically straight down. 
And mm-hmm. the low Earth orbit ones are going to be like what we're looking at from the satellite video where it's like at an angle. When I saw this, I couldn't believe Lockheed Martin had this on the public view for people to like see and, and realize because I never knew they could do stuff like this. And you get to the end and check this out. We never forget who we're working for. What the hell? What kind of, <laughs> what kind of <laughs> slogan is that? What? The, what? Wow. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, okay. So, so those are the camera, the satellites taking the uh, thermal um, video. Yeah. And then you have uh, another illustration of the drones. I'm sure the uh, the first video in the stereo. Okay. Uh, so the first video is not stereoscopic, or the, this one's not stereoscopic, but this is right. one where we took, like I just took to see these trails better. They stripped, we stripped the thermal from this manually. And you can see these trails are clearly in front of the orbs in this one. It's even easier to see them. Um, and this that's the weirdest part too, like going to the creativity aspect of it. Like I've never, there's nothing to even base this off of like these right before these videos so i don't know how like again it has to be banksy out here coming up with stuff and they have to be smarter than phds or just has to be real apparently um one more thing i'll show you real quick because i just i've got all my videos just fired up ready to go watch the second orb down here oh wow you can pretty clear it is second orb right there and there i'm shooting i haven't seen this one this is yeah so this is called the color channel change where they've changed the color channels on this one and it helps you see the orbs a lot clearer. So I, I just took like a snippet of it where you can see the second orb, which is just that part just because I'm trying to figure out like, where is it getting deployed from? Like, is this coming from a submarine? I, I just have like no idea. It just appears out of nowhere right here on the water and then just shoots up. So those are some of the coolest videos. I'm just looking to see if there's any other cool ones. There are so many uh, stories out there about these orbs, you know, yeah. and and I, uh, not the go long-winded on it but I, mm-hmm. you know bob lazar was even saying like hey there's there's not just one spacecraft there's just not one thing it's different tools different reasonings why they would have different shapes different yeah. uh and but all the orbs of anything that we've ever discussed on this podcast are coming from the ocean and yeah. even uh some first-hand witnesses talk about them coming out of the ocean you know on uh, aircraft carriers so it's yeah. very interesting they would actually be shooting up like you said it seems like they're coming out of the water yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, Ash, I don't know if you saw this in the chat. Um, thermal runaway is what is being, uh, is what you were referring to about the lithium yep. ion. Uh, what it, what's it's what makes them so dangerous? If it's an internal component, it's damaged. Uh, it can cause a chain reaction of uncontrollable heating. And there you go. That was exactly what I found when I wrote the piece called uh, "The Argument for uh, 221 Kilograms of Lithium Ion Batteries: The Argument for a Lithium Ion Battery Thermal Runaway Fire." Wow. And that's what we think happened here. And actually, sure. there's evidence out there from like just days after where people were speculating that. And what they didn't realize is that these batteries explode initially. And that can explain why this plane was depressurized. That can explain why the electronics go out and the person has to turn off the breakers, to make the plane go dark. Mm-hmm. The only thing it doesn't explain is potential communications. But we can prove the communications were potentially on too. We had a video that shows the Malaysian Minister of Defense admitting that they knew they didn't have identification of the plane while it was coming back over the country. But he says they knew it was a civilian airliner and they knew it was not hostile. How could you possibly know that unless you were in communication with the plane? That's the only possible way. Right. Excellent point. Excellent point. So let's do a quick flight path here. This right um because i think that'll help get people up to speed and then we can you guys can ask yeah. more questions we can go on a tangent so you can see the numbers here actually are all all the times here actually we like to talk about in utc to keep everything straight the plane takes off at 1642 utc it's heading to beijing up here 
And it gets to our waypoint here. One minute before this plane goes dark, they say, good night, MH370. There's no alarms going off. But again, these thermal runaways and these lithium-ion batteries are very sudden, right? It starts smoking. The smoke is not going to set the fire alarms off right away. Boom, explodes. Plane goes dark here at 1721 UTC. Mike McKay is 300 miles away at pretty much the maximum distance you can see a plane at, al- at cruising altitude. And he sees the plane low on the horizon on fire only for about 10 seconds. So the situation here is he sees it start and he sees them put it out because you can put the battery fire out, but comes right mm-hmm. back up again. And that's why these lithium ion batteries are so dangerous is that you can put them out. And there's a bunch of videos that we can watch where it's like they start on fire. People are battling them. It goes out and then it lights back up again. Right. So this plane goes dark here. Nine people on the coast, nine along this coast here, report hearing loud, loud noises and potentially bangs. Again, going to be consistent with these lithium ion batteries, 500 pounds of them exploding, right? The plane probably gets depressurized. When people lie, they usually use an element of truth. And so I think the plane did get depressurized here, but the pilot wasn't trying to kill people. He's trying to save them. And that's why he turns around and goes to the nearest location, the correct location, get this plane on the ground. Goes to Penang Langkawi International Airport. It's got the biggest, longest runaway runway that can take a 777-200 in an emergency situation. So the plane turns around. Very sharp turn. Yeah, and the turn is like, you know, okay, it's just, it's making a turn to turn around, right? The military lies about this for like nine days. They search in the South China Sea and they have the radar information that they knew this plane turned around. So why are they lying about it for like nine days while we're searching in the South China Sea? We should have been out here searching over here right away. Right. The only reason is because they knew we were never going to find the plane. Now, at this time here, 1730 UTC, there's eight fishermen on a boat 10 miles off the coast right here. They see the plane flying very low and so low that it's unusual and they report the sighting. It's low enough that this plane is potentially trying to get enough oxygen for the passengers to be able to breathe because it's been depressurized. If this was pilot suicide, first of all, you're just crashing the plane right here. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you're not flying low enough for people to be able to breathe. You're trying to, you would do the opposite. You would try to stay super high up where everybody's going to pass out from hypoxia right away. So again, I looked up the German wings, uh, suicide where the guy flew into a mountain. Mm -hmm. Turns out between time of him locking out the co-pilot and crashing the plane was less than 10 minutes. Wow. So this idea that this guy went on a joyride for six hours with 220 some passengers <laughs> in there, it's absurd. You're going to be able to get to the cockpit at some point, right? I don't care how strong the door is. You're going to break through a wall. You know, you're going to get through the electronics bay. There's a bunch of different ways you can get in. Um, so uh, they hear this plane. Oh, also at 1730, there's a communication. There's another 777 pilot who's going to to- Tokyo and he hears the pilot and the co- or the co-pilot. He doesn't know which, but it's like a staticky sound. But he has a communication. He doesn't want to be named because he probably doesn't want to lose his job like Mike McKay did on the oil rig. Guy loses his job for making the sighting of the plane on fire. Wow. So apparently there was a communication. So the communications weren't out, we don't think. Now the plane gets back to Penang. And again, this is what, 30 minutes? And now it's over Penang, Lankawi International Airport. The co-pilot's cell phone pings. So it's probably pretty low. They're probably flying pretty low at this point in order for that to ping, right? Not probably at 35,000 feet, Um, but they don't land. So we've got a pilot in here and he'll probably be able to attest to what I'm about to say. 
which is that what you're supposed to do right away is try to land the plane as fast as possible. Now they don't land. We know that much for sure. So probably the landing gear was damaged. The second thing you're supposed to do is you're supposed to try to land on your belly on the land. Problem is this plane is filled with another six hours of fuel. So this plane is going to explode if you try that. So, okay, we'll dump the fuel. Well, your plane's on fire from a runaway lithium-ion battery fire. So dumping the fuel doesn't seem like a great idea either. That's pretty much the equivalent of lighting a match in the gas station. Yeah. So you don't really have any good options. The next thing you're supposed to do is try to land in the ocean. Now, if there was communication, my guess is they're setting up a rendezvous point because it's two in the morning. There's no sun up. There's no moon up. The moon is down. We checked. It's pitch black. Also, landing in the ocean is going to probably be doomed for everybody as well. What people don't realize is that landing in the ocean is not like landing in the Hudson River. It's going to be extremely dangerous. The plane is probably going to rip apart into pieces. And that means that you're not going to be like, oh, let's just deploy the life rafts and everybody slowly mm -hmm. get off. Like, no, this plane's probably everybody's going to die. In addition to that, another thing people don't realize is that most Chinese nationals, at least the mainland Chinese, don't learn how to swim. It's not like in the West where everybody learns how to swim in America. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, I actually lived down here in Singapore. You see in the bottom right, I used to live down there once upon a time. And it surprised me when I went to swim class with uh, the school I was going to. And none of the Chinese kids would get in the water, not even four feet of water. And I was wow. like, why, why aren't they getting in the water? And they go, oh, yeah, mainland Chinese don't learn how to swim. Kind of uh -huh. makes sense. There's not that many lakes there. <laughs> it's just different culture, right? And this plane is filled with like probably 70% uh, Chinese nationals. So this plane's going to rip apart. A lot of people don't know how to swim. Basically, this plane's doomed at this point. They're yelling at the captain right now. Do not go in the water. That's why. I mean, there's, <laughs> at this point, I mean, people are just, you know, this is where you start right. begging, right? This plane's on fire. You probably have toxic smoke spewing out through it. We saw that thermal where that smoke was pouring out of the back, right? This is this is a very, very low chance of living event at this point. So he's, uh, they spent some time in Penang. You think it, you, I just want to throw this out there. I just want to get your sure. thoughts on it. Do you believe the uh, radio went out like everybody said it did, you know, in terms of all that conspiracy? Yeah. Or do you believe maybe they were around Penang because uh, maybe it's like, you know, um, we're told it went out, but it's really just classified, you know, and they're not putting it out there. And then they said, go out to the ocean. We have no way of bringing you in here. You know, you're a flaming bomb, basically. Um, yep. And yeah, they just think, aren't putting that out there. Well, like, what, what's your honest thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they classified the communications. Um, and they, even Malaysia, like, argued that in order to even release this communication where they said goodnight, MH370, it took, like, weeks. And the families were losing their minds because they're getting no information. Like, this is not how you conduct a search, right? You should be releasing the information right away. This radar data, they waited weeks and weeks to release it. The Immersat pings, they released like, waited like two months. They were setting up a cover story, right? Mm. In an honest scenario, you're releasing all this data the next day. There's no way right. you wait even one day to release the data, right? And the reason is this. If you go check when they lost communication with the plane on March 8th and then look at the news reports, they don't say 1822 UTC. They say 1840 UTC. Guess what that is? The time of our videos right over oh, here. Oh, Oh, snap. So they changed the time to 1822 UTC or 1815. They changed it multiple times. Wow. And so this is where they claim they've lost contact, which is right here at this point. But that's not the last point. 
Kate T is on a boat here and she's going to Phuket right over here in Thailand. And she sees a glowing orange plane. The glowing orange plane is because the halon fire extinguishing gas creates a chemical reaction that releases bromine, which is a, a orange, essentially glowing looking gas. So it's permeating throughout the plane for an hour and 20 minutes, potentially here, at least an hour. And it's causing the plane to have an orange, like hazy glow around it. And she sees it and she thinks she's like, you know, losing her mind because she's wondering. I mean, she doesn't know the plane's missing, right? So she sees this glowing orange plane with no navigation lights. First thinks it's a missile, but then she can see the cockpit. And so she can tell that, oh, this is actually a plane, right? And she doesn't know what the cause or anything of it is. She doesn't even understand the glowing orange. I was thinking, okay, maybe the orbs are causing it, but those orbs appear and they have no problem catching up to the plane. Mm -hmm. They're not, so they're not around it. She doesn't see any orbs as well. Um, so what we think really happens, this plane comes here. She goes inside her boat. People have a hard time believing this, but like she was in a fight with her husband, she tells me. And she goes in to put the kettle on. And that, apparently that's a very British thing to do. And she <laughs> comes back out and there's no plane anymore. It's just gone. So she watches it for like five minutes. So she's probably watching it from like this point as it's coming up and around here. And then she goes inside, probably just misses the main event. And then the orbs come out, boom. Plane's gone, comes back out. All she sees is like a glowing orange halo, she says. Wow. And there's no plane anymore. Has she spoken out on any other uh, platforms? I feel like I've heard about her, but I don't know if it was from you or if it was from... Her uh, sighting was very well recorded uh, right. at the time. Like She was on forums. She made blog posts about it. She made follow-up blog posts about it. She was one of the last people to talk about the plane in 2022 saying that the silence from the families is sinister. Like why they all go quiet? They all went quiet. So, you know, if she was lying, boy, was she really committed to the lie, you know, <laughs> like, and you can see there's this recreation of her sighting, which is actually consistent with the direction of travel of the plane as well. So, and that was from her automatic GPS. So it's like, this is a very credible sighting. Sure. Um, in, in fact, she saw the plane flying low. I asked her about it. I asked her the time that she remembered thinking that this happened. She told me 1840 UTC. And then she says she felt pressured by the experts to change the time. I was like, whoa. <laughs> right. And, wow. And then I Not asked surprised. her, I say, hey, can you look at the thermal, uh, the picture of the thermal? Because I have this picture of this overlay. And I show her the overlay. And I say, does this look like the plane? And she goes, well, it's not green. She didn't realize it was a thermal picture. Right. So like it tells you that she's not following the case like at all. Right. <laughs> like, you know, you at least know that we're looking at a thermal video. If you just even watch right. one, one of my posts. Um, and so then I say, well, what about the shape? Oh, the shape is the same. I'm like, OK, you, you saw the plane like 100 percent. You saw the plane. Um, so, you know, so that's the real story of what really happened with this plane. And uh yeah, the halon won't kill the lithium fire, but it does can temporarily put it out, but it's just going to come right back up again is the problem with these lithium ion battery fires. So I've had a source who's like got a ton of experience on the hill uh, testifying that's willing to say that, yes, this you can keep this fire at bay for an hour. Yes, it will cause the plane to glow orange like that. Um, and so if they do send me to Congress, that guy hopefully will be coming with me and then you know, we'll just prove the truth of what really happened in this plane because it's more consistent with the events and everything. Even this debris they found, some have had burn marks on it. 
Mm-hmm. So like the tiny bits of debris they found is consistent with a fire scenario. And it's consistent with teleportation, I guess we're going to call it, right? Where mm-hmm. the plane goes somewhere else and maybe we break the plane apart and throw parts of it into the ocean or, you know, whatever we need to do to throw people off the scent. Um, there was also a B777 fire suppression device that washes up in the Maldives a few weeks later. And this is a weird looking device. Like it's a circle, like an acne bomb from those old school cartoons. It looks just like that. Like I... I remember seeing in 2014 being like, what is that thing? Like, is that a bomb? And the people that had washed up on shore thought it was a bomb. It's actually one of the fire suppression devices from a B777. Wow. Like, how could that not be from MH370? <laughs> Where else is that coming from? You know? Wow. So, so there's a ton of evidence that this is a fire event. Like every witness corroborates it. Every single one. We've got a fire suppression device washing up. And it's consistent with all the debris that was found too. Like most of these people, their theories are trying to throw out like all this evidence. And we're with our theory, we're like, nah, pull all the evidence back in. It's all legit. Right? Sure. Where where is the debris now? Do yeah. we have access to it? So this flapper on that they found, this is the only part I'm not sure about because mm-hmm. the media tries to claim they match this with a serial number. They don't tell you they used a non-unique serial number. The unique serial plate was missing from the flap around. This is a thing that's like bolted in. <laughs> How is this unique serial plate missing that would be able to prove that it's actually MH370? Right. Um, hmm. But again, with the teleportation event, it doesn't really matter, right? They could have just broke off part of the wing and threw it in the water. Um, or it could have just come off. It's hard to say exactly. I mean, if you had uh, a debris field, then that would, all right, well, you know, they didn't all just fall apart before the zap. You know, but but uh, one piece, that's, even if that's that the was, I don't even believe that, honestly. I I think it was just kind of set there. Yeah. So the fact that it's like, why did this plane not crash into the South Indian Ocean? And then I'll let you guys kind of jump in is that there's no debris field found. This is why everybody came up with these conspiracy theories, because you can't have a 777 crash in the South Indian Ocean without a debris field. There wasn't a debris field in the South China Sea. There's not one in the Andaman Sea and the Nicobar Islands where our videos are happening. And there's no debris field in the South Indian Ocean. So this, they searched with 42 planes and 39 boats. This wasn't some dinky, rinky-dinky search. It was the most expensive and extensive search in human history. And they didn't find one piece of debris from the official search. Not wow. one. There was no black boxes found. They searched all along the 7th arc where they claimed they knew it crashed. They don't find any black boxes. There's the Sosa system where they would have heard the Titan sub pop. Mm-hmm. Here's nothing. There's no acoustic detections from it. Uh, we know that the Navy's willing to lie about it, but they'd never said anything ever about an acoustic detection of a 777 crashing in the ocean. There was Western Australia and Diego Garcia both have hydrophones. The, the At least the Diego Garcia hydrophone data is made public. No acoustic detections for a crash. Indonesia has a radar system that would have seen it fly along there. And Australia has this Jorn system that would have seen it. It extends very far out into the ocean. It would have seen it in the South Indian Ocean. Neither of them see it either. 19 families of the victims signed a statement saying they could call the cell phones of the victims for up to four days afterwards. This, what? to me, is the biggest evidence. That yeah, that kind of that kind of blew my mind. I was trying to figure out. So if it was teleported, yeah. then we're, we're thinking uh, it was active at another place. Somewhere on Earth, right? I mean, because as far as I know, if it's in another dimension, it's not going to ring, but I would right. say. Which wow. is- One of them even proved it on TV. That we even have a video of them calling the phone on, like, I think it's Chinese television as well. 
So it's just like they try to cast doubt on this and say like, oh, well, maybe it's ringing once or something. It's like there's 19 families begging people to triangulate the phones and they just won't do it. Wow. <laughs> Come on. God, um, so much to say. Some My social media gone. sites still showed the passengers being logged in online. Really? Okay. So this is from Malaysia to Beijing. Unless their their computers are on somewhere, right? This doesn't make any sense. So it's an active shipping route from Africa to Australia, right along where this arc is. Nobody sees it. No witnesses. They claim it crashed in the daytime in the morning there. No witnesses see the plane. No debris field found by any of these on this active shipping route. People will go, oh, well, the ocean's really big. They said the plane runs out of gas. There's nowhere else for it to go. They right. literally can't go anywhere else. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they try to claim that this de- the reason why there's no debris field is this plane does an impossible 90-degree swan dive, which is yeah. literally planes can't do that. Um, and it wouldn't work that way anyway. It would still like explode. Like crashing into the water is not like, you know, it's not soft like a pillow. It's going right. to be like crashing into concrete. So they change that later on quietly and say, oh, no, it, it was a 14 degree crash. Well, OK, this plane would have ripped apart. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, there's four ELT, which is emergency transmitter beacons that are like double whatever backup. They can't possibly fail or anything like that. Double redundant. And uh, none of them activate. So come on. There's, this plane just didn't crash in the South Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. So, so uh, about the uh, obviously this plane was targeted. Something important was going on here. They were trying to thwart yeah. either it from you know they were trying to save it perhaps or what made this plane so important? Mm-hmm. Great question. So my belief there's this uh, kind of conspiracy theory out there that it has to do with this patent, which it could be tangent related, but I do need to throw water on that because. Uh, the, the patents are actually owned by the company. Like these individuals disappearing doesn't change the scenario at all with that. The, the company still owns the patents. Um, but there is a couple things related. Like one thing that we just found today was an article saying that these people were connected with the defense, like U.S. defense and producing like either microchips or something for the def- U.S. defense. Uh, but what I found was actually even more surprising. There's these 20 freescale semiconductor scientists, these same people we're talking about now. They're scientists and engineers. The official story is they were going to upgrade these plants in China. Um, We found a 2005 National Security Agency report on commercial superconductivity development. Not just superconductivity, but room temperature superconductivity chips. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're referenced nine times in this report. Like the whole report's basically about them. And it says that like this technology will be available by 2010 or 2012. And it says only if the U.S., produces funding for it. And so I made this piece on Twitter called Freescale Superconductors because the company is called Semiconductors, but a superconductor is just a perfectly conductive super uh, semiconductor. And I think that they were directly linked to the technology we see on there. So it becomes like you just pointed out, Pete, a situation where you're trying to save these people because they're that's your IP and they're like developing your super weapons or your super tech. Or you're trying to prevent them from going to China because like this is a shadow war and like whoever owns this tech just controls the world. Or the other weird kind of if you want to go dark with it, this plane's doomed, right? 
So maybe they just break out the doomed plane protocols. Like it's time to test out the the tech, the teleport tech. Because right. if these people get spaghettified, you know, whatever, they're already doomed anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I personally like to believe that like they're trying to save them. I think that's the most plausible is that this is proven technology. They know that they can teleport a plane safely, and that that's like the endothermic event. Like so, normally an explosion, it's going to be a white hot event. And if somebody were to fake this, they would have faked it as like an explosion. And it would have been like, oh, haha, the plane blew up. Right. But instead, it's this endothermic event, which is an absorption of energy. And that's why it's cold, very cold and dark on the thermal. This might be absorbing that energy from the batteries. And that's why that person who just said the runaway lithium ion batteries are so dangerous because they have so much energy in them. So if it absorbs the energy, it might be able to put out that fire. And it actually just might be cold enough to put out the fire, too. Those are just oh, like wow. again, kind of out there hypotheticals, but yeah, no, that's that's yeah. a very good point. So, yeah. so what do you guys so, think? At if this you... point, I'm I'm convinced uh, that the videos are pr- like likely real. Uh, I'm just just based on just the side by side, frame by frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, I'm I'm pretty convinced at this point. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to even debunk a video it's just too detailed uh it goes way beyond you know what i know yeah. as far as the technology the the video but i am curious about the people on board so we're saying um assuming the video yeah. is, is correct they teleport um the cell phones are ringing they're somewhere um why do you think we haven't heard more about this more about mh370 and the real story if if there's how many people are on board you know um maybe a few people died of you know cardiac arrest i'm sure <laughs> during all this uh, but, the fire yeah, yeah it's, i mean it's, it's a it's low a, chance of living event here right like very we got a lithium ion yeah. battery fire spewing toxic smoke we have a potentially depressurized plane where they're desperately trying to keep enough oxygen for people to live we have maybe experimental technology which i can't tell you if you can survive that or not i mean I would say that some people survived because we didn't find a debris field anywhere. And if this plane teleports somewhere else on Earth and crashes, we should have found something, right? So theoretically, someone was alive, enough people to fly the plane. But yeah, it doesn't seem that good. Now, just quick to your point, though, let's say some people did survive. My speculation would be most of these people are Chinese. Uh, China probably has us over a barrel at that point. And it's like, We'll send back your people, but you got to keep them quiet. That's not going to be a problem for China. China can do that. No problem, yeah, right? right? Figure that right. out. Um, <laughs> figure that probably out. same with Malaysia. That's probably why the White House was calling Malaysia every single day after this event and why Obama went there for the first time in 50 years in, in April the next month. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, yeah, pretty interesting. And then for the, I think there was three American passengers, but really one prominent one, Philip Wood. You would probably put them in witness protection, I imagine, and have, give them a new identity, give them 10 million bucks. I mean, I don't know however much money it takes to keep them quiet. Make them sign an NDA. Uh, tell them that if he ever says anything, that bad things are going to happen to him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping <laughs> with the fishes or something, right? Um, I mean, it's pretty dark, but it's better than getting killed, right? Or you just live out your days on some military base in the middle of the Indian Ocean and, uh, you know, they never yep. let you leave. So that kind of leads me yeah. to another dark question. Um, do you ever worry about yourself dabbling into this stuff? Um, I did, honestly, back um, when this first started. Like, uh, I was very afraid the first week or two when I was revealing this. And I was like, this is real. Like, God, what are they going to do if they 
figure out that I'm the one revealing this stuff, right? But and then if you listen to the first podcast I did, the Investigate Earth podcast, I was legitimately scared. Like my voice was probably cracking because um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get the information out there so badly so that like I would be protected, right? Um, and I would say after about a week or two, though, I just became comfortable um, that you know whatever happens is going to happen. And I actually started to think that this isn't how they silence people anymore. That like that it's not like like maybe like the early 1900s where it's like we're just gonna suicide yourself with two shots to the back of the head um, right. that it's more of like discrediting right and you look at these other people that try to reveal stuff like bob lazar is a good example i actually thought about him a lot and i realized that like he came out thinking the media was going to turn him into a rock star yeah sitting in front of his car filming and be like ah area 51 and ufos yeah and they go and like potentially destroy his school records which are on paper so it'd be easy they cast out of his history yeah he thought he's gonna be a hero right yeah and uh that's when i kind of thought about like that i'm like oh this is how they're gonna come after me so i waited to the last possible minute to reveal my full identity and oh boy the moment i revealed my identity did they come after me it is wild like they they start store went down a little bit. Every, they dox every aspect of they whatever they could find online. People are even criticizing that I didn't have a social media. Well, of course, I deleted the shit out of everything. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. think I'm going to have my Facebook be possible. I deleted everything. Um, because like you know they'll find anything, anything yeah. like in, out right. of context, right? And they found a couple things that I didn't delete. That um, and I knew they kind of would find some stuff, right? But none of it's like incriminating, like because I have a government clearance, so that means the government's already looked at my whole history. So right. anything anyone could find is not really going to stick. They would have to find some negative slant, right? And yeah. uh, the thing that kind of stopped a lot of it uh, about a week or so ago, though, is that we caught like eight of them in a space on Twitter, like literally talking about how they were trying to take me out of the, take me away from the the videos and take me away from MH370 and how they were trying to contact podcasters and not talk to me. And trying to like use the community to pull me away, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, we 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 got those calls. They said, "Don't have you on." We said, "Now we're gonna do it anyways." <laughs> did I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking yeah. but... <laughs> Some people did, no, no. Like real podcasters told me that they did believe that. it, and I was like, "Okay, wow!" Like these, this is like actually a legit disinformation campaign against me. Mm-hmm. Just like you're um, saying about the ISIS slide, uh, yeah, like ISIS Never heard of it, and uh, yeah. I mean that's that's pretty awesome stuff. Never knew it existed. So yeah, well, I was afraid, but like, you know, whatever, like my point at this, at this point, it's like enough people know. And like, I've had people go on there, like if anything happens to you, like I'll, I'm going to take up the reins and that's exactly what I would want to happen. Like, right. And I, I'd be comfortable with it at this point. There's nothing more noble than trying to like figure out what happened to these, uh, this plane, like these families got screwed over. Mm-hmm. If you read the piece today about it, you know how much money they got? Like maybe like 75, $80,000. Right. Like they, they got like nothing. You'd think they're going to get like millions, right? Like yeah. they got, I mean, it's because it didn't get tried in the United States. They try it in like Southeast Asian countries like Malaysia and China. Right. And these people are poor as hell. And like they need anything. And so they basically like drug it out as long as possible. Like some of these people's like the breadwinners and their families are gone. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, these people need the money to survive. Yeah. And of course, since. when they sign that, they sign away like any. They can't go on media probably and say anything about the case anymore. It's messed up, man. It's real messed up. Yeah. Um, when we did this episode back in September or whatever, I brought up the Philadelphia experiment because it's mm-hmm. kind of seems like it, you know, kind of. It's comparable. 
it's comparable. And, um, you know, we, everyone asks, you know, well, you know, if, if it was just teleported and if it's sitting on Diego Garcia right now, uh, you know, yeah. where are the passengers? But if you look at what happened to the, you know, the semen on the Philadelphia or the, uh, the ship, that was the Philadelphia mm-hmm. experiment. A lot of them didn't make it. They got baked into the, the walls. They got, uh, you know, there's only a few survivors of it. So. Yeah. If that's real, then it's like, well, it gives me hope that maybe we figured it out by now. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of people in the comments in the chat, um, pressure to change my perspective and point of views. Like the first time I posted on Reddit, uh, about this, because I was watching this, uh, they call it this airliner abduction subreddit. It's like the dumbest name for a subreddit ever. Mine was called MH370X. They, they call it this real obscure name. And I see all this disinformation being posted on there, misinformation. So I decided to go on there and start posting. I immediately become the number one contract content contributor there. Like I have the number one post on the subreddit. They try to reprimand me to have me change my view because I won't believe that it's debunked. I'm like, wow. it's subreddit for solving the case. No, it's not. It's the subreddit for trying to make it go away. So there's been so right. sure and people just like attacking me, claiming that like, Everybody's getting the call except for you on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but cancel yeah, I cancel. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's you get pressure on it, but like you have to just be somebody who's your own person, right? Social media is all about social contagion and like peer pressure. And, you know, truth is about fighting against that. You know, it's like the Captain America quote where it's like, no matter if the whole world's against you, the media, the government, like it's your duty to stand firm and say, no, you move. Right. Um, right. Let me ask you a question. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I, it might be on the personal side. Uh, sure. All right. So let's say the government did come out, even though we all know that it, it, it won't likely happen where the government says, yeah, actually that video is real. But you know, we have had instances back, you know, with the other orb videos and, and the pilots that have come up to different um, government, um, you know, things and shown the videos yeah. and talked about them. So let's say the government does say the video is real. Do you believe that people will absorb that and really still believe this? Or are you having a hard time even really bringing this up in conversation still, even if they say it's real? Do you really a good question. feel like there will be a a, a, ma- a movement over this? Yeah, yeah. yeah or- I, think that, I think people will believe it just because the official narrative is such bullshit. Like it, it was so easy to break down. I mean, we broke it down with just a Twitter account, right? And just right. Googling old news stories. The problem is that people just get lied to repeatedly. It's like the Seinfeld episode where it's like, as long as you repeat the lie, you end up believing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but like the thing about that kind of brainwashing is the truth dispels it. Like just like presto change a poof, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yep. kind of like you guys are kind of going through now too, where it's like, oh yeah, wow. If you just think about it, it's like that official story doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, so I think people will believe it. I think people will... They will have a hard time if you were to say like this is aliens, right? And that's part of the reason why these videos can't be a psyop. Like one of the only people that could create this video as a hoax is the government because mm-hmm. they would have the technology, they would have the ability. But the problem is, and I realized this early on, is looking at the videos, like you release these videos to public, no one's going to believe this is aliens. Like normal people, we might believe it's aliens, but normal people aren't going to believe it's aliens. They're going to go, oh, the government lied. They're lying about whatever happened. They know they took the plane. They did something with it, right? Which is actually the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least in my mind. Um, so that's part of the reason why it just dispels the whole PSYOP angle. And that's why I think that people probably would believe it because there was never a story that made sense for people. You know, we just kind of said, oh, yeah, sure. A crash in the ocean. We never found a single piece. Right. Yeah. It would it would take the media uh, confirming this, validating right. yeah. it in order for the normies to to wake up to it. 
definitely and that's you know the no, nobody in the media mainstream media at least has reached out to me which should be very telling that is because even bullshit stories they jump all over it right 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 but they know they come to me and it ain't gonna play out the way they think it's gonna play out right it's a beautiful yeah. thing you have two conspiracies combined in one video and yeah. I'm, I'm constantly thinking of which point. which point would be the uh the uh the media grasp like would it be the mh uh, 370 part mm -hmm. or would it be the the or part and it's combined so which one do you have to prove is it mh 370 and then it's like oh wait that's how it left or is it yeah. orbs and that just happens to be mh 370 like which one's going to take off first in the mainstream media i think um, that if you got rid of those orbs and the portal nobody would have any hard time believing this right. everybody would go that's mh 370 we can prove the government was staring at it but the government would just come out and say yeah, and then it flew into the South Indian Ocean, and yeah, that's just, you know, the official narrative <laughs> still correct, right? Yeah. With the orbs and the tele and the zap teleportation, it's like okay, now we know the whole in South Indian Ocean narrative is just bullshit. Yep. So that this is happening at the exact location where the plane supposedly turned into the South Indian Ocean at the exact time where they claim they lost contact from the next day. So right. it's just like the the coincidences just stack up in a way where it's like I don't believe in coincidences like this. It's kind of like yeah, the Titan well. sub thing too. Like there was a delay on uh, the the real information getting out about that, mm -hmm. and that's why I like to link it to that because literally that same system should have heard this. It was already in place at that point. The hydrophone, yeah, no, that's not even the hydrophone. The Sosa system is a separate system. You can look it up. So it's like there's like three systems that would have heard it, and the Sosa system is one. And we know now they have no problem lying about it, right? Because they right. lie for like right. five days, let the media run with some bullshit, and then they're fine with it. Yeah, they had all uh, like oxygen uh, yeah, countdowns. It was, yeah, it was this huge countdown. They, like they were, were all dead. The New Year's or something. Yeah, yeah, like oh, you got five days of oxygen. Uh, so that yeah. like really proves how nonsense the mainstream media has become. Honestly, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, I love this pushback. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, I had a question about maybe the next it, yeah. step. So your your pin tweet is your letter to Congress. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's, it's got over a million impressions. So this thing has has exploded. Um, What's the next step in that? Do they, if, if they were to accept your letter, do they contact you better? What, like, how does that move forward? Honestly, yeah, I, I don't, I have a feeling it's all political at this point, right? Mm -hmm. And actually, has 1.4 million views, which is like, holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that blew up way bigger than I ever thought it would have. Mm -hmm. And that's when I pinned it. I'm like, oh, okay, every people love this. And I, I spent a lot of time on it because it's like really the abbreviated, abridged version of the story, right? right? Um, I actually mailed it to 12 congressmen, uh, Congress people, let's say, and three senators as well. Uh, it ended up costing a lot of money to print it and mail it to people. And they asked me about the lithium ion batteries when I'm mailing it, which I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, I got a story for you. Uh, you should never go to that plane. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I called a lot of the representatives as well. Like I've called some of them over a dozen times and left messages and messages and messages. Nobody's ever called me back, which, okay, fine. I didn't expect them to. They tell me that like, it's going to take like a month for the Capitol police to like check it for anthrax and probably like throw it in the trash so that nobody sees wow. it. Um, so I don't really know, but I'm back channeling it. Like I'm making more and more connections with all these podcasters and stuff. Like these people know people, right. um, you know, one of them knew Tim Burchett personally and messaged him. So I'm hoping this gets enough attention up there. The problem is the inertial mass reduction science, I've been told from behind the scenes, 
is actually being held back by Congress for national defense purposes. Wow. Um, and it makes sense. Like if we have the ability to reduce the mass of an object that's mm -hmm. 777 to the point where we can move it at the speed of light, the very simplest application is warp nukes, right? Oh, yeah. We don't need any other applications. Like just warp a nuke onto somebody. No defense to that. Mm -hmm. Just wipe out whatever you want. I and there's probably, like... yeah. Go oh, go I'm sorry. Go ahead. Also, yeah, I was just going to say that. So really what this comes down to is like, I don't know if we can even trust Congress at this point, because this all might just mm -hmm. be like national security and defense purposes. Right. Mm -hmm. But my next step then, if that doesn't work, is just to make it self-evident. Try to put the information out there as much as possible. That's why I'm doing one to two podcasts a day, is that if everybody just knows that the official story is bullshit, I'll be happy enough if like people bring up MH370 and the anniversary for the 10 year anniversary and everybody just going, nah, the official story is <laughs> nonsense. And like, this is what really happened. It got teleported. We have advanced technology. I'll just be smiling. Right. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. What was your question, that, Pete? That's great. Oh, we're about to approach the 10 year anniversary. That's next mm -hmm. year, right? Yep. That's, next March. Wow. Wow. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask another question about the, uh, you said, uh, obviously there was a computer program. Uh, could you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know much about it, but what I can say is there's a program called the Sentient Program, which is an advanced AI that was declassified in 2012. And that's what actually operationalizes the satellites. There's some weird documentation out there about how it tries to predict like movements and stuff. And I don't think it's like seeing the future, like some people try to claim. I think it's more of like it's pulling data to figure out like, oh, did some missile go off or something like that, right? And then yeah. turn the satellites so that they can see. Because you actually can't like move satellites around. I mean, they might be able to, but based on the amateur trajectories that we've checked, like these satellites aren't moving around unless they move them back into position or something like that. Um, I gotcha. But it's more of like angling them. Oh, okay, angle over here to look at this. But if you have this advanced AI like that, then why can't you have like quantum computers that can you know, spin, you know, use these orbs, have these orbs track the plane. Cause what it needs to do is figure out like how big the plane is, know exact amount of energy to apply to induce this transitional phase state change on the plane. And this is actually pretty cool from the science perspective. What it's doing is turning the whole plane like into an atom where it has electrons flowing around it. And how it does that is it can get the atoms to pair up. And if you super cool them enough, Essentially, they will congeal, if you want to think of it, or cohere into a matter wave. And now they create like one giant atom spinning around the plane or like multiple atoms. And what that does is allows the whole plane to underscore macroscopic quantum coherence, where it now obtains the properties of a quantum object. And as we know from quantum uh, mechanics, quantum mechanics objects can do a lot of stuff that we consider to be magic. They can move at the speed of light. They can ignore gravity. Uh, all the things that we talk about. And essentially, we think that room temperature superconductivity is what enables all of this. It can potentially create huge amounts of energy that we would consider to potentially be like free energy. It can induce these states that are these quantum states. And science is almost caught up. Like science is doing this to plasma, but it's not doing this to like solid state objects like a plane. Mm -hmm. But right. if you can unify quantum and macro, which is what physics is missing, then that's everything's on the table. And that's oh, yeah. what... You know, that's why I would want like PhDs, scientific people who have an open mind to look at this and go, hey, we probably already have unified quantum and macro. And we're hiding that technology from the public because whoever controls this controls the world. So. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just think about like not only are they covering up uh, what happened to the plane, 
but they're also this technology could revolutionize transportation and make Life all of our lives it. better. 100%. Um, but uh, we we can't have access to such things. Yeah, especially people were talking on the last podcast I did about how like miles per gallons and cars have just stagnated for like 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, right. they've like gone down. And it's <laughs> right. like propulsion and energy tech is basically not moved. Our reliance on fossil fuel fossil fuels hasn't moved. Um, and yeah, it would change everything. Like there, that's the part that bugs me the most. And I tell this on a lot of podcasts is that like, I go past like 10 homeless people per day that have nothing whose like mental state deteriorates from the fact that they have nothing. And we don't, we wouldn't need any of that. If we have free energy, like there should be enough power for everyone to have a home, yep. heat everybody, keep everybody happy. Um, but yeah, of course it would have huge destabilizing effect on the economies of the world, right? The middle East would collapse overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so you can see why the elites, so to speak, would keep this hidden from a socioeconomic standpoint. But I think the real reason why you hide it is from a doomsday weapon standpoint. Sure. If you can create enough energy that you can zap a 777 and teleport it, you can probably create enough energy to destroy the whole planet. And that's the part where it's like, okay, uh, are we going to wipe ourselves out if we get too advanced? Right. Probably. Hell of a for a nation, though. Any weapon coming across the ocean, you could just get it and transport it back. I mean, oh, if yeah. everybody has the same defense, of course, that wouldn't happen with the technology. Teleport it back to them? Throwing, you know, eventually well, the behind you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. there's, a long, wow. there's a long play here with, like, you're talking about the gas. You know, uh, it's, yeah. hey, this technology's uh, improving too fast. Let's slow it down. Let's make more money on the longer game and mm -hmm. steadily bring this stuff out, like cell phones. It's like yep. we'll just make the camera a little bit better and put out a new model. They could change the whole ball game. If they really oh. wanted to. Uh, right, next year right. on phones. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Yep. So is there? Um, I, I know new updates are coming every single day. Um, I yeah. think today you posted. Um, you already mentioned about the families. And I think you kind of went into. Um, I don't know if you want to go into the, the quote unquote leaker of the video. Sure. Um, there's a lot of information about him. If you just want to touch on that real quick before we. Uh, yeah, I haven't updated my all evidence. So some of this is going to be coming from my memory here. But so I dug around and I was like, we've got a pretty good idea of like the mental state and profile of this leaker, right? They're an American personnel. They're probably an operator. Uh, they probably had an emotional reaction to this. I actually now think they probably didn't even know this was hyper advanced technology either, potentially. Like they may have just thought it was UFOs. And that's why Regicide Anon's account says satellite airliner and ufos right they didn't tell them like hey this is advanced tech right um mm. they removed that hud data they cropped the drone out so i was looking around for all these people that may have been charged with espionage will for attention of classified data will for attention of national security secrets and i find this guy edward c lynn he checks every single box he was actually deployed on this special squadron the vpu2 from february 2014 to March 2016, but he gets reassigned on March 25th, 2014, like three mm -hmm. weeks after MH370. Right. He had experience in signals intelligence, which is the signals intelligence thing that's connecting the drone to the satellite to potentially this airplane, this Poseidon P8 or PAC or P8C Poseidon, mm -hmm. which is this advanced signals intelligence plane that they use to like actually have videos where they're watching the drone they're watching potentially this satellite video um he got arrested in 2015 
So he gets reassigned. His next assignment is the brig. So they reassign him like he was under investigation or something. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, go hang out at home or whatever they do to them. Gets a sting operation. They're trying to prove he's a spy. He had was charged with espionage that would have put him in life or prison for life. This is like the hardest penalty you can put on somebody. It was the first major incident of espionage by an active duty Navy member since the end of the Cold War. But they didn't have any evidence that he was actually a spy. They tried to prove he was a spy. They had no evidence he exchanged anything from anyone, anything with from anyone from China. His charge sheets heavily redacted. They redacted all the dates, the times, everything about that. Hmm. There's nothing specific about what the charges were related to, other than just espionage and attempted espionage and you know retention of classified de- documents. He ends up getting caught with two flight manifests from search and rescue with search and rescue code names. Keep in mind the narrow window of February 2014 to March 25th. What other search and rescue wow. could it possibly be? It had to be MH370. Just simply right. had to be. Um, he was privy to the Navy's black program portfolio. He had knowledge it would be extremely useful to adversaries, which shows that they didn't want this guy talking. It was not considered not really a spy case. Turns out that was all just misinformation. They try to charge him with prostitution. That gets dropped as well. They're trying to ob- obfuscate his charges <laughs> heavily. The investigation the president apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the investigation begins in early 2014. They won't say exactly when. My guess is it begins in March of 2014, if I had to guess, right? Early, <laughs> like probably March 12th, 2014, or something like that. Because the person that leaked that video, they weren't filming it on an iPhone or even a camera. They were actually logged in doing a screen recording. Those Citrix sessions are logged, right? Mm-hmm. So potentially they find out this person made a copy. And they're going to find you right away. Like, right. Yeah. And maybe they can't prove it right away. Right. But they suspect it. And they're like, oh, reassign this guy because we have to get him out of there in case he's going to leak more info, which lines up perfectly with the timeline. Right. Um, wow. The defense argued that the classified information in question is available on the Internet. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. OK, that's weird. Like, what is it? If it's not these videos, what is it? Just someone tell me, please. Yeah. Like, what, what's the other classified information this guy leaked? That put him in that they were trying to put him in prison for life over. Um, Got to Google it. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> he gets abused while he's in pretrial detainment during before the like while the trials went on. He's in tri- uh, pretrial detainment for six hundred and forty six days, and they're abusing him like every day. It's all been documented. Called the Goon Squad. He says leadership was sending them after him. Ruffle his cell, put him out in the cold. You know, other stuff that you do when you like, you know, hit somebody with a, a bag of oranges so it doesn't leave any bruises, kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like things where it's like you can't really prove a lot of it. But, you know, he was uh, complaining about it. Ends up taking this plea deal that makes most of the charges go away, except for the two charges that he was actually guilty of that he claims that he admits to hmm. and uh, ends up getting nine years for two charges of uh, mishandling classified information. Nine years. If you look at the other people that got mis- mishandling classified information, they get like slap on the wrist like nothing yeah, like maybe some go there parole <laughs> one or two years nothing sometimes right? nothing sometimes yeah. nothing um speaking of that it wouldn't surprise me if trump actually had a memento from this i mean obama's definitely implicated but like every president's implicated in oh, yeah. Cover sure up. yeah um yeah. and then let me see what else is uh, yeah that's so that's pretty much it um but like the timeline and we found that new timeline where he had been reassigned march 25th to me that's like the straight up smoking gun. Yeah. Right, right. Because the time frame is too narrow. 
and mm-hmm. he just starts to get investigated in early 2014, like right after he becomes goes to this squad, which he only joined in February of 2014. Right. You're talking like a one month window here. So if somebody can find somebody who fits the bill better, please let me know, because I think it's impossible. Like, you're not going to find somebody that's similar. Either this guy, either like nobody from the U.S. somehow leaked it and it was somehow somebody else or, you know, they were able to hide it. But one thing I realized is that unless you're under martial law, you can't hide these military charges. They have to be public. And that's how I started digging around for it. It actually took me like two weeks to find this guy. It was not easy. Right. Like he has no profile after 2017. There's no articles about it, period. I couldn't even figure out when he when he was released. There's no articles about him getting released. Right. How wow. long did you say he was sentenced? So nine years, but they shaved off three years due to the plea deal because he ended up working with NCIS, which is the Naval Crime Investigation Unit or whatever, and uh, also the FBI. So I Freedom of oh, Information okay. Act requested from the NCIS and the FBI. I don't know if the FBI has responded, but the NCIS responded. And the NCIS, let me just pull it up here. Holy wow. Shit, what a response from the NCIS. They rejected my 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 FIA in total. They wow. won't give me anything. Here's the reason they claim. Matters specifically authorized under criteria established by an executive order kept to be secret in interest of national defense or foreign policy. I looked these up. Obama's the one who issued this executive order. He actually issued it to keep to make Freedom of Information Act requests easier to obtain. And there's only a few exceptions. The exceptions that they list, which is section 1.4 C and D, are national defense purposes or for foreign policy related, or actually one of them is like spying essentially, and the other one's national defense. It's like, what? Because this yeah. wasn't a spy case, right? I thought it wasn't a spy case. So what is it then, right? Right, yeah, right. You're saying it's one thing, national defense nothing. now, and they wouldn't give me anything—not even a redacted document. I mean, this right. is a big case. Like they have tapes, they have all this stuff on it, and they're rejecting it in total. Like whoa! And the, the guy who signs it, head of government information sharing unit, senior associate counsel for the NCIS. Like this wow. is probably the top legal guy. So I'm like, nope. holy crap! Okay, so I saw that. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely the guy. Yeah. Like this is <laughs> well, what what else do they hide in here? Like it's, they know I'm gonna find like you give me even a redacted document, I'll find something yeah. probably you're, you're, they've been watching, right? Yeah, you're already that hot on the trail. Yeah. So if they give you anything, then you're gonna take it even further. So yeah, that's is there anybody um, you haven't reached out to yet that you plan to for this? I mean, I uh, feel like you've explored all the options as far as that goes. Just curious. I've tried to. We'll see what the FBI says. I have a feeling I'm gonna get an identical letter from the FBI, uh right. like this. Um because, yeah, it's just it's a, just a cover up, you know, and they're just trying to cover it up at this point. Um, but, so yeah, I mean, there's backing and then they can't no longer kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're backed into the corner on this one. <laughs> like they just can't admit anything. So there's people I've been talking to that are, you know, prominent people who might be lawyers and what have you. And um, other people that are potential investigators of MH370 who are intelligent and what have you like i've built some pretty strong contacts here from this um which i haven't really mentioned to anybody because i'm afraid that you know mm-hmm. people will talk to them or what have you right um but we're gonna you know exhaust all avenues i'm gonna appeal this too like honestly my plan of appeal right now which might change is to appeal on that spy angle right because they're claiming that one of these two options is foreign policy or whatever but they claim that this wasn't a spy case so if i appeal and say like hey 
this isn't based yeah. on any spying, right? Like we should be right. able to get access to this. At least maybe I can narrow it down and they can say, oh, well, it's related to national defense. So this is related right. to national defense. Like what did this guy leak? Apparently it's on the internet. Yeah. Well, well, this is the only thing I can think of that would be related to national defense. And it would have to implicate the technology too. Right. right? Because what else is related to national defense other than technology? I, to me, it's just all lining up perfectly in a way that yeah. I never would have expected. It is. Absolutely. It is. And that's that's what I was going to kind of bring up last was um if you're not if you you know if you're listening to this on the podcast and you haven't visited um Ashton's Twitter or X yeah. if if these videos are true which I'm I'm 99.9% I believe then everything's true mm-hmm. you know so yeah. I would definitely go go to his his page and check all that out cuz it, it is what it is if it's 100 if it, if that's true everything's true the teleportation the orbs the leaker everything it is a mountain of damning evidence. Yep. Yeah. So uh, before we sign off, uh, Lance, Peter, do y'all have any final thoughts on this? Uh, I know a couple things. I'm never going to be able to sleep again and, or pee outside <laughs> again. So, uh, yeah, this is a this is a terrifying story. Uh, uh, it's it's it boggles the mind. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't I can't wait to see where this goes. I can't wait to see if. Uh, any, you know, any mainstream uh, people acknowledge this finally uh, or uh, uh, politicians, uh, something's going to give at some point and uh, it, it's, it's going to shock the world. Speaking speaking of that, I know Lance, you've been bringing up um, what's his name? The blink 182 guy. Tom oh Tom. yeah. To the stars. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have any following on Twitter, but I posted it today and I was like, gosh, should I even mention it? You know, uh, you know, I, I, it's right down his alley. I mean, it's, it's says it all over. I don't know if you've reached out to him, if you've even tried, if it's like, yeah, that's not the avenue I want to go. Uh, uh, any, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I haven't reached out to Dom, Tom Delange yet, but you know, if anyone wants to, these people want to reach out to me, I'm an open book, right? I'm one of the most honest, straightforward people. I have reached out to quite a few of the prominent names in UFOlogy space and, I think I can say that nobody's reached out. I don't think anybody has, you know, like all the prominent people you might think of Corbell Greer, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, Ross Colhart, even uh, none of them will even reply. Like, wow. <laughs> well, if you had a bizarre mail, I don't know if you've checked them out or not, but their, their mission is to kind of, you know, get involved with the whole uh, government side of it and put things out there that should be already out there. So, yeah, um, I was, that's what I was going to say. I know, um, Oh, yeah, I'm following Tom Delange as well, so he can he can uh, I am DM me if he wants, but uh, I'll text him later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I know, I know um, coast to coast AM's not you know it's not what it used to be, but I think this story, your research would be perfect to to have you on there. Check out a... next week. Oh snap! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh snap! Hell yeah! First, hold on. Oh wow! I was gonna Hell play yeah. the air horn. I was gonna play the air horn, but never mind. <laughs> I didn't have a breath. That's the first announcement right there. Uh, wow. Yeah, I think in about a week or so, you, you might hear something on that. Yeah. Awesome. We'll be listening that's, in. Yeah. Oh man, that's sure so will. exciting. I'll that's announce awesome. something here probably pretty soon. Nice. But yeah. Um, this is a very obviously it's a very video heavy um, episode uh, this time. So if you do have Spotify, our podcasts are in video form on Spotify. So uh, we're gonna leave it on Twitter for everybody to watch because this is this story needs to get out um so go check that out um i'll put all of his social media handles in the episode description as well as ours um and join us next time on twitch.tv slash room 2008 ent um ashton uh thank you for joining us you're welcome on here anytime 
for real. We'll be following you on the updates. Uh, do you have any any final words for uh, anybody listening? Uh, you know, I just want to say that these videos can bring unity to us. I think they can bring common purpose to us. They can change the circumstances of millions and billions of people on this planet. Uh, and all I want is the truth. And I just want to thank you guys and your audience for having me on. I've loved chatting with you guys both times that we have. So, you know, reach out to me anytime you guys want. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Will do. Uh, And with that being said, Room 2008 is out.